So what role has anger played in your life? I'm the kind of person that doesn't deal with anger well. When I get angry, I get quiet. I was either thought you have to be completely raging mad or you have to just be a saint. There was really no in between for this. You know that sound that a kettle makes when it's almost done? That whistling? Imagine that sound playing all your life, but the kettle never goes off. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. This is a podcast about shared connections, human experiences, and finding that line of humanity by sharing our stories. Don't be angry. Anger is the devil talking to you. You are wasting your time being angry when you could just be happy instead. Ever heard these things about anger? These are definitely things I've heard about anger growing up, (laughs) you know? I mean, what type of anger do you have in your own life? Is it a constant anger or flashes of rage? What is your relationship with anger? Can you understand it? Do you know where it's coming from or what it's trying to tell you? Today, I'm going to be exploring anger in my own life. And as usual, I would love for you to think about the role that anger plays in your life I've been saying all season, guys, that anger is my favorite emotion. And you might be thinking, well, that's a weird thing to say, right? (laughs) Well, sure, of course it is weird. If we don't really understand the role that anger plays in our lives, it's definitely a weird thing to say. So before I start telling you the story, I need to give you a little bit of context as to how I was thought anger, what I was thought about the emotion anger. And I'm sure a lot of you guys out there can relate to this. So I was thought that anger was a bad emotion, an evil emotion. Growing up in a religious household, anger was always linked to the devil. Don't listen to the shaitan. He is whispering in your ears. We used to call it waswasa in in my culture. (laughs) Or we'd say to bad anger, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. You know, I don't think that we are often taught how to express anger in a healthy way. It's either be angry and destructive or don't be angry at all. There's no in-between when it comes to anger. Well, not in my experience growing up anyways. I hope and I'm hoping that things are changing. But anyway, in my experience, when we are told that emotion is bad, I think that the natural reaction to this is to try to suppress that emotion, right? I mean, I'm not an expert, but this is just my own observation. And this is exactly what I did in my life. I suppressed my anger. I pressed it down to the pit of my tummy. Now, do you remember what I said about fear and how fear felt in my in my tummy? In the episode, Can Fear Act as a Guide in Our Lives? Um, I expressed exactly what fear felt like for me. And I can honestly say that my anger sat right next to my fear. They kind of bonded in my tummy, forming friendly ties with each other but fighting against me. <laughs> and I spoke to you guys about my journey of how I became, how I began to understand and listen to what my fear and anxiety was saying to, we- to me. And my story with anger is so similar. 
But I want to tell you how suppressing my anger manifested in so many unhealthy ways throughout my life. Because again, I cannot stress how I was either thought you have to be completely raging mad or you have to just be a saint. There was really no in-between for this. So all my life, I was thrown a lot of negativity from the people around me. I was told, you're too emotional, you're too hot-headed, nobody likes you. And, um, you know, when we are thrown all this negativity, our body soaks it in, whether consciously or unconsciously, and tied us in with losing a parent at the age of six. Now, one of the stages of grief is anger, and I think it is more than reasonable and fair that a six-year-old is going to be angry about losing her dad. And as again, because I grew up in a religious household, I was told that um, not to be angry about this because it's God's plan. Uh, but that made me even more angry. You know, when, when people say don't be angry, it made me even more angry because I was angry and I didn't know how not to be angry. But anyway, these two things linked together created like a mountain of anger inside of me. And the anger that I was never allowed to express was suppressed. And like I said, when you suppress it, it tends to spit out in little bursts of anger. So it would manifest in like a remark to someone I would instantly regret, breaking things accidentally, crying hot tears of frustration. These little moments, they would flicker through my entire life like a candle that just refused to blow out. And, you know, there was always a part of me that knew I was going to snap one day. It was like in the back of my head. I just knew that one day I was going to be triggered and set off. I remember once as a little girl, my mom was screaming at me because she couldn't find her house keys. And I don't know, that was somehow my fault. <laughs> I remember running out of the flat that night to my favorite spot. It was like a little corridor and it overlooked the ocean. And I sat there and I was thinking... One day I'm going to snap at her. One day I'm going to explode and tell her exactly what I thought of her. I think every single teenage has these thoughts, right? <laughs> Thankfully, that was not what happened. However, what did happen was not that great anyways. My anger manifested a lot during my first marriage. It was an underlining manif manifestation that... If I had been more in tune with my emotions, I might have been able to have avoided this outburst. But regardless, it happened. And I learned a lot from the experience. So picture this, right? Imagine a kettle of anger boiling inside of you all your life. You know that sound that a kettle makes when it's almost done? That whistling Imagine that sound playing all your life, but the kettle never goes off. That is freaking annoying, right? <laughs> well, of course, the kettle has to go off eventually, right? Unless your kettle's broken or something. And when it does, it's that sweet release of steam that's rushing out the top. That pretty much explains how I felt for a good 21 years of my life, from the age of six when I lost my dad up until 25 when my kettle stopped boiling and exploded. So when it happened, at first, I didn't even know that it happened. It was like red hot fury all around me. I could not see past the red steam of anger. There were many nights in my marriage when 
you know, I was just sitting around and waiting for my ex to come home from work. The housewife life was so isolating. It did make me a bit of a crazy person. And I remember waiting for him so I could serve him dinner. So I was waiting for an hour and then two. I would try calling him and he would cut my calls. And the frustration, it was building and it was building. And so then it was one night of the waiting and then it turned into two nights and then it turned into three nights and then a week and then a month. And of course, every night he would eventually come home, but usually it would be like two or three hours after I was expecting him. And yeah, it went on for more than a month. And there was one evening particularly that I just got so mad of waiting and I snapped. And it was, it was like a scene from a movie, guys. I had a shelf lined with mugs that he had bought me over the years. And I remember I grabbed each mug one by one and I smashed them onto the floor. And oh my God, if you have not ever broken something out of anger, it feels so damn good. It was the release my body needed. And I also left the mess on the floor that night and I went to sleep. It was really my movie moment, guys. (laughs) And that was the first outlet of my anger. And once you untap that anger, it kind of like a steady stream flowing out and I had a a freaking river to get out. So after that, there were so many little things I was doing. And once again, I did not even realize it. You know, I could not see past my actions. I would be screaming at everyone. And if you know me, I'm not really much of a screamer. I remember I was yelling at my ex and I yelled and I yelled because I felt like no one was hearing me. And I felt like screaming did not help either. Because no one was hearing me anyway, and I just became bitter, and I hated everyone around me, and I was bickering, and I was truly a nightmare of a person. And it was like my my ex really had to deal with the worst version of myself. And I know that in retrospect. And this was my anger. It was poking at me. It was telling me, Hannah, you can't keep doing this. Hannah, you need to make a change. But I could not hear it. I was so blinded by my rage. And... It was one day that I just kind of looked in the mirror and I saw someone that I didn't even recognize. It was as if I woke up from a really bad dream. And I realized this was not who I wanted to be, but somehow it was who I became. It reminded me of a family member of mine, a person I watched over the years that was not particularly happy with their life. And I watched the bitterness take over them and I saw them become exactly who I was in that moment. And that scared the shit out of me. So finally, I listened. I listened to my anger and I sat with it. And I realized that anger was my friend. It was signaling me for such a long time. It was telling me, Hannah, get out of this. Hannah, you need to fight. Hannah, you need to stand up for yourself. Hannah, you need to stop believing in yourself. And it was at that moment that I decided to take control of my life. Now that I have befriended anger, I can actually recognize what it's saying to me when it does swing around because trust me, it still does. And I've learned to express it in a healthier way. 
and I can make the right amount of room for it in my life as well. And yet, at the end of the day, anger saved my life. It saved me and it made me the kick-ass woman I am today. I just had to befriend it. So what role has anger played in your life? And what are your stories about anger? What stories were you told? And what stories do you tell yourself? I'm the kind of person that doesn't deal with anger well. When I get angry, I get quiet. If I'm angry at you, I'll stop talking to you. I'll stop sending messages to you. And I'll start reading your messages. I'm the kind of person that can hold a grudge like that for quite a long time. And even when I do forgive, I usually don't forget. Now, one of the things I care a lot about is the UK-EU referendum and, and Brexit. So when I was a physicist, I'd work all over the world. I'd work in international teams. I speak French and a bit of German. And a lot of my friends were from all over the world. That's just how life was. And that is how the world works. There are some problems that are too big to be solved by just one nation or just one group of people. We have to work together. And the future of our entire civilization, of our human race, depends on that kind of cooperation. So for me, the EU referendum was a very serious matter. It wasn't just an arbitrary choice of one side or the other. It actually represented a very fundamental and existential change in the way I thought the world should work and the way that my world worked. Now people disagreed and those disagreements were quite fervent back in the day and still are. But I always got comfort from the fact that most of the people around me agreed with me and they said yes it's frankly important that we continue this international cooperation, that we're welcoming to people of other races, other languages, other nations, and that we work together to try to face all these problems. So when I found out that my younger sister voted leave, I became angry. I thought she was one of us. I thought she was on the same side as me, the side of compassion and the side of tolerance and reason and the side of progress. At the time, I couldn't understand why somebody from the same background as me would decide to vote to leave the European Union. To me, it seemed like a vote out of anger or bitterness or, in a lot of cases, xenophobia and racism or even cynicism, and I didn't think my younger sister was any of these things. I thought she would have a very measured and balanced approach and understand that, okay, it's not perfect, but you have to cooperate with the rest of the world. I thought that she was on the same side as me. I thought she was on the side of what I would consider compassion and reason and calm reflection and seeing the nuance in the world and the compromises we have to make to make the world a better place. And so for a long time, I didn't speak to her. I had a lot of things going on in my life and it was easy for me to just ignore the texts and ignore what she was saying. And so for a long time, I didn't get in touch. And my mother said, you need to speak to her. 
I know that she did something which she disagreed with fundamentally, but she is still family. But to me, it reveals something about my younger sister that I hadn't quite seen before. It put her in a whole different light and it taught me something about her as a person that I didn't know before and that I didn't want to know. So for a long time, I didn't speak to her. I was angry. Eventually that feeling subsided and we're talking again now, we're back on good terms. But her deciding to vote to leave the European Union and to undermine everything that I'd stood for is something that I'm never going to forget. When it comes to which of my two sisters I trust the most, it's not going to be my younger sister. Because our values are so different and that is something that was revealed to me that made me feel so angry for so long that I don't think my opinion of her will ever recover from that. Next week, guys, I will be exploring sadness in my life. And a few friends are going to be popping in with their own sad stories. <laughs> and the episode, guys, it might be about sadness, but trust me, it's not going to necessarily make you feel sad unless it's something you want to feel right now. And that's okay, too. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. It's been great having you join me today. If you liked my content, please do share it with a friend you think would find it interesting and subscribe to the show as well. I would love to have you listening in to many episodes to come. You can find me on the socials. I'm on Facebook as Refreshingly Human and Instagram as Hannah Pillow. See you next time. <laughs>